Lost at Home podcast. Here are your hosts, Scott Bear and Jeremiah Johnson. Welcome to the show. My name is Scott. I'm Jeremiah, and we're back for episode 149. Yeah, that that this is a uh, this is not just a prime number, but a special prime number. It's gay. Is that, is, it, what you're, is that what you're going to announce? You say, like, all, all gay people are special now, Scott? What are you, like, uh, what are you, some, like, uh, uh, civil rights leader or something? I think, honestly, everyone is special, and this number is special in a very unique way. Honestly, I wonder if we should even be celebrating prime numbers, because maybe prime numbers aren't that special. Just because they're, like, unique? I don't know. Here's the thing. This one is. Uh, a cup for a couple reasons. One, it's the 35th prime number. It doesn't mean anything whatsoever. Uh, but the next prime number episode we have is 151, which is actually the next uh, odd right number killer. episode. Yeah. That, which makes this a prime twin. 149 and 151 are prime twins. And we are interviewing Mr. Lloyd Kaufman today, and his interview went long, and we are going to have to split uh, his interview in half between this episode and 151. So we also have a prime twin. Uh, I'm grasping at straws, Scott. No, no, you, you described it very well. <laughs> yes. Literally, the, for anyone actually, who's Actually, you know like, the other cool thing about this? Actually, here's another thing. Uh, 941, which is the palindrome, is also a prime number, uh, which means if you reverse 149... It is also a prime number, which makes okay. it a strong prime number, meaning it is more it power. Sp- yeah, which means it's it's a better prime number than its twin. Yeah, you know, like the twin that was born first, be like, yeah, now I get to eat you. Sure. Yeah, I get that. Now, there's got to be a few listeners out there who just heard the name Lloyd Kaufman right, and right, heard right, the yeah. word split interview and are like, what? You mean the important part of what yeah. I was just talking about, not <laughs> the prime twin part? Yeah. Well, uh, Lloyd Kaufman is the co-founder and president of Troma Studios. And if you don't know what Troma Studios is, you are missing out. They Pause are... this. Go watch. Oh, go look up yeah. Troma. Go, go look up uh, Troma Studios on YouTube and you can watch a bunch of free, amazing stuff. Yep. And and check yep. it out and then come back. Unpause. Are you ready? Here you go. Yep. Troma Studios is the longest running independent uh, film studio company. 43 years. 43 years in the running. Uh, they started in 1974 and have made such films as Tromeo and Juliet, The Toxic Avenger, uh, Class of Nukem High, uh, Return to Class of Sergeant Nukem Kabuki High. Man, one Sergeant of my favorites. Sergeant Kabuki Jen, come Joe. Yeah. Yep, they've made a an astonishing amount of great films. Also, they distribute a lot of we, films we, by We grew up artists. on Troma, essentially. Oh, like, absolutely. In, in our teenage years, me, you, and Chris Emerson, I remember, yep. watching Troma movies that yep. we... We didn't even have DVRs at the time. We have to, like... Uh, like put put archaic VHS tapes like into physical a... things that recorded <laughs> physical things from satellite TV onto them, yes. Yeah, and uh, it, it's just, it's an amazing company. They make very fun films, and there's a lot of names that came out of it. Actually, we were surprised. With all I didn't the research realize Sam did, Jackson, actually. Sam Jackson came from Troma Films, so did uh, uh, Dance with Wolves there. Kevin Costner. We knew James Gunn. We'd mentioned that yep. before. James, James Gunn, Gunn from, from Tromeo and Juliet especially. Uh, I mean, from, of course. And Lloyd Guardians Kaufman himself Galaxy. appears in, like, I didn't even realize he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He, he, he's in the, 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 the balcony scene. shouting scene, yeah, in yep. the prison. And he's one of those. And and we're not going to actually give anything away, but, uh, uh, but uh, Lloyd actually mentions... You know some of the the respect he pays to uh, James because of some of the respect he pays to him during that Trey Parker, Matt Stone, obviously like he has been a part of of the fabric of pop culture even though they have not made pop culture films for so long. Like the the people that, that he have he has trained to make good pop culture movies and TV shows has been amazing. So 
Now, uh, before we get into the interview, real quick, like, uh, we teased last week that we started a Patreon, and we want to just talk about it for a moment here before we jump in. Um, if you want to go to patreon.com slash lostathome, you can view our Patreon page. Um, honestly, there's a, there's a decent amount of tiers that we set up just to add a little bit of variety. But if you would like to become a subscriber at the $3 level, which is uh, $3 a month, which is less than the cost of a cup of coffee per day that you probably spend on your own, um, what you get is our that's, new show. That's one cup of coffee a month, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You're, so you, you, that's you pretty... know, Yeah. You're, 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 yeah. We, we know how much coffee costs. One cup of coffee per month. Just don't drink it. Just in, seriously. <laughs> I dabble. I <laughs> <laughs> dabble in the coffee. Like but, my 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 ice my ice coffee in the winter in the morning cost me four dollars. Yeah. yeah. Well, for the price of less than a single cup of coffee, you can get an entire per month, month <laughs> yeah. of entertainment with yes. our new podcast, Lost and Found. Uh, Lost and Found is going to be four times a month. It's going to run about a half hour long, and it's going to be a different theme every month. This month is a travel show. Yeah. Um, I'm pondering the idea of mo- not moving but traveling to New Zealand. Yes, and and we got uh, our, our buddy Bruce. Bruce is helping out especially since I'm busy working on uh, a lot of episode 150 content songs, stuff like that and to help with that, luckily uh, Bruce Bruce is stateside now and is uh, working with Scott to work on the extra content because we were afraid we wouldn't be able to launch it otherwise. So yep. And if you tune in each month you will not only get that but if you decide to kick in a couple extra dollars at the $5 tier uh, we're also going to be releasing a a commentary track once per month for a movie of your choosing. Uh, there's a new Facebook fan group set up for Lost at Home. Uh, I'd like to see the response already. We have a, up to over 60 followers within yeah. a couple days. Yeah, and, and, uh, and so far I've, I've seen people talk about, like, say, Super, uh, which is a James Gunn. It piece, is, actually. yep. Um, and uh, uh, Cloverfield, right? Or no, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, we have a, we, we asked, we said we'd put up four for voting. So far we have five choices. Yeah. So yeah. people are already responding quick. So if you uh, have any interest, go to uh, Facebook. Look up Lost at Home fan group specifically. This is going to be different than our normal page. Our normal page is just posting uh, episodes to let people know that a new one's out. This one's a little the, more The fan like, group is just a yeah, talk. Yeah. It, it's for us yeah. to all chat. So if you're a fan of the show and you like talking to us on Twitter, you send us private messages, you write us on Facebook, you write us anywhere, let's consolidate this all under the yeah. fan group on it's Facebook. It's like me, like me, Scott, uh, Christopher Ball. And we're looking at you, Robbie Planko. Yeah. We always are looking at Robbie We always Polanco. look at Robbie yeah. Polanco, but yeah. he likes to write us a lot on Twitter. And Actually, it would be great th- if everybody went be... to RobbiePolankosDick.com and, uh, <laughs> and looked at Robbie Polanco real close and hard. I don't think that actually exists, but hey, I might can buy it. three minutes flat. I, I might, oh, shoot. My, I, I might buy that, yeah. Robbie Polanco's dick? Someone's Dot got it. Yeah, yeah. He's not. <laughs> he ain't using it. He's not using his dick. <laughs> Sorry, Robbie Polanco, but also you're welcome. So. But yeah, uh, just uh, join us over on the Facebook fan group. That's where we're going to discuss things about the future. Uh, we'll also be announcing things ahead of time when we have guests that we know about that are solid locks that maybe we haven't said on the show yet. You'll you'll hear it there first, and we're going to have a lot of discussion. We might even start a question of the week if uh, people are into it. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but we got a lot of dabbling going on. It's a new year, new new show, if you will, with Lost and Found and Lost Commentary, which yeah. is a placeholder name. I've yet to come up with a better okay. thing for it. But just, that's something. Just yeah. keep using the word lost. It, it yeah. legitimizes lost everything something. we do. And, but, um, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I would say, we're, like, with all that said, we go to, do... Go to patreon.com yep. slash lost at home. Yep. And also enjoy this amazing interview by Lost Lloyd Kaufman. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Lloyd Kaufman, and thank you for being here today. 
Well, uh, greetings from Tromaville, and I tell you, 2017 is off. It's off like I heard a turtle's, uh, what's her name, Meryl Streep. Uh, she gave Donald Trump a streep throat, and uh, oh, my God, what a year we're having. <laughs> I heard about that today. <laughs> yeah, already, yeah. Now, what, a, what a room full of, of, of uh, bullshit celebrities giving each other <laughs> globe jobs, right? Globe High-fiving each other for all thinking exactly the same thing. <laughs> I'm so glad you feel the same way. That's great. What That's horrible it. writing. What horrible writing. The, the Golden Globes Fallon its face, as in Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, man, we're full but of puns already. How's that for wordplay from <laughs> an old, broken-down, drunken filmmaker? <laughs> uh, couldn't be better. Are we man. rolling, by the way? Are we we are. On, oh, yeah. Part of the, oh, oh, okay, I better shut up then. What? Uh, oh, what's you, going on? By the way, feel free to say whatever you want. Yeah, this is got, a not-safe-for-work podcast, so there is no holding back. Yeah, we don't have sponsors or anything like that. You have to worry about uh, you know offending or anything, so just go to go nuts. Go Troma-style on this very cool thank you you can end since uh, <laughs> we have no sponsors either at Troma which is why I'm, I'm living in a refrigerator carton underneath the uh, overpass of Route 95 well that, that takes you up toward uh, Connecticut then you get on uh, the other one going to Vermont oh yeah there you go you're, you're nearby you see me right under the overpass in a beautiful refrigerator carton we'll wave yeah, <laughs> yeah wave wave throw, throw me some uh some uh, one of those things with the uh, those uh, fruit bars that are those healthy fruit. Oh, bars. Like power bar or something. Oh, power bar. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah we'll drop you a bag of food, a little bindle of something here and there. Bindle, and maybe uh, some bath salts always coming. <laughs> <laughs> those are popular under the uh, overpass. That's for sure. Yes. Uh, yeah, I can trade them for uh, various uh, sexual favors. At any rate, uh, <laughs> let's. Let's uh, get serious now. All right. Um, speaking of trauma, uh, would you like to tell us a little bit I about said, the? Let's get uh, serious now. <laughs> that's not going to happen. That's no, that's happen. absolutely not happening. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Now, uh, Trauma Studios. Would you like to tell us a little bit about its uh, rich history? A little bit uh, in your own words of like how you feel about it and what it is to you and to the world. Well, a trauma is a celebrate. Well, I don't like to use the word celebrating. It's. Uh, surviving into its 43rd year of disrupting media. And our original mission, uh, Michael Hers and I, was to uh, try to have the honor of making a movie every once or twice a year and uh, uh, without anybody telling us what to do. And then uh, perhaps uh, getting to a position where we can uh, enable other one-of-a-kind movie makers to present their uh, work or even finance their work. So uh, 20, 43 years later, we um, have no money and no revenue, and uh, uh, that business plan does definitely does not work. <laughs> much better off becoming a, a vassal of Rupert Murdoch or Summer Redstone and work for Viacom or Comcast or, or Fox. Well, yeah, I've actually eighty-year-old uh, white people running the uh, running the game. I've, I've Oscar so white, right? Hashtag Oscar <laughs> so white. Nobody, that's, that's true. Nobody seemed to complain about the fact that the two octogenarian and nonagenarian farts uh, run forty percent, own forty percent of the worldwide media. Nobody, they they're all whining about uh, blah 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 blah. If they really wanted to make a statement, that's what they would say. But uh, you know, they're all little dogs. Eating the scraps of the uh, the scraps from uh, Rupert Murdoch's table. 
Yeah, actually, uh, watched an interview with you uh, in preparation of the show where you went into the length about that, uh, about how current media just doesn't really doesn't really allow the average indie to get to the marketplace like it used to. Like, uh, uh, Toxic Avenger was shown in theaters everywhere, but nowadays you just don't see those smaller indie projects hitting mainstream theaters anywhere, ever. That, that you have to be a partner with one of the vassals of... Uh of uh, Rupert Murdoch or Comcast or uh, some, you know, Viacom, uh, you can't do it independently. You've got to be in with, uh, uh, you know, some kind of vassal like the Sundance Film Festival or, uh, you know, one of the, uh, you know, it's a club. And if you're not in the club, you're not going to make money. It won't stop you from making good movies, though. We're making great movies, but uh, there's no way for us to make any revenue. And, uh, and uh, it's uh, it's virtually uh, economic blacklisting is that's how it uh, that's the reality of it. Well, I'm curious how that's actually cut into the process over the years of actually making a trauma picture, um, like how you know everything from new technology and fan expectation, but also some of those uh, you know borders that you see now, like how that changed how you actually make the films today as opposed to way back in the beginning in the Toxie days and such. Well, I majored in Chinese studies and the. Um, uh, when I got out of it, uh, I went to Yale, and what I got out of Chinese studies was primarily Taoism, which uh, incorporates the yin and the yang, the dualistic universe, where good and evil are never alone. They, you can't have one without the other. So the the good part is that the making of movies has become, uh, or or uh, enter- moving pictures or entertainment, whatever you want to call it, the TV or uh, move, moving images, the making have become... Uh, Democratic. Anybody can make a movie. You don't even need money anymore. You can you can uh, go into Best Buy, stick one of those handy cams under your coat, and walk out, and uh, you're a filmmaker. It's broadcast quality. They have four thousand, four thousand K now. You've got uh, better than broadcast quality. So everyone can make a movie, and they can be good movies. The problem is nobody can make any money. Nobody can support their children or have a roof over their heads or their drug. Uh, uh, addiction uh, by uh, making independent movies unless they do it in partnership with uh, one of the uh, giant devil worshipping uh, in uh, media conglomerates and the only way that happens is they uh, they um, they very often will uh, censor you know make you change the script and round the corners they may make you stick uh, uh, somebody famous in the movie they may make you change the uh, the um, the, the whole theme of the film, uh, and they certainly won't make you, uh, won't let you make much profit. Very few people are permitted to make much money. There are a small number of uh, of elite in the within this uh, elitist world who make a huge amounts of money, and everybody else is, uh, uh, you know, the bank owns their cars and their houses. So it's uh, that's the uh, bad part. The good part is everyone can make a movie. The bad part is nobody can live unless they're in with them. <laughs> Yin and Yang. We return to Newcomb High, Volume One. Uh, we actually saw that you kickstarted the post-production portion of that film. Uh, that was successful, I, I, I assume. Uh, volume our Two fans, is around the corner. Uh, there's no, the only reason we're still here is that our fans are very, very uh, uh, not just loyal, but very active. They go to the movie theaters and tell the movie theaters, "We want uh, the Lloyd's new movie. We want uh, Return to Newcomb High, Volume One." Uh, played uh, a couple of hundred theaters, uh, and uh, uh, basically our fans were the ones who got the theaters to play the movie. And uh, they also raised money on Kickstarter. I think we we ran out of steam during the sound editing, 
and um, they, we got through that hump uh, in post-production, and then some money came into us. So uh, uh, this was for volume uh, two, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. I think volume yeah. two was the one we were having. Uh, yeah, volume one, we we had no trouble finishing. Volume two, we, we needed money at one point, and our fans helped us, and uh, and uh, they help us. In the, we're, we're like a big... We have only about 10 employees here at Tromaville, but um, uh, with our fans all over the world working for us, we look like a huge corporation. In fact, Return to Newcomb High, uh, Return to Return to Newcomb High, Volume 2, is uh, uh, has locations all over the world, and there are sh- scenes and shots that are produced in, in uh, 10 or 15 different countries, all because our fans uh, shot for us all over the world. And, um, you know, a, a real Hollywood uh, kind of movie would send crews for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Our fans shot the movie, basically. And uh, as far as principal photography goes, most of the crew and cast were trauma fans who slept on the floor and uh, learned how to defecate in a paper bag and uh, <laughs> and, and were there up living up in cracked, uh, living up in uh, a small town uh, living on the floor of a deserted funeral home for three months just so they could make uh, what they consider art, about 80 of us. So these are fans that uh, I guarantee you uh, uh, the mainstream does not have. Yeah, that actually sounds insanely fun to me. Like, being involved in a project like that would be right up my alley. Yeah, one that and you those... care about, like, oh, artistically. And that, you know, we've been, we've, Scott and I are both, uh, you know, I'll say lifelong because teenage, since the teenage years, uh, long fans of Troma and, you know, what it stands for, especially as creators of our, of our own, knowing that we, you know, can get a little inspiration to be like, there's some great stuff like being produced out there um and, and i wanted to actually act, like touch on what you were talking about with getting the movie into theaters because um i you know i'm just curious uh, where the avenues are to to assist with that i think a lot of people including scott and i included um where you know we live in a small state but we would love to see something like that we just assume if the if the theaters aren't showing it they're not showing it so what kind of uh you know what can people do to get one of your movies shown or any movie that they like that isn't well, what being the shown? fans do what the fans do is they go to their local theater and they they tell the manager we want return to return to Nukamai volume two when it's finished and it is finished now and uh so the fans uh, get a group of them or if the they get their friends or they go on Facebook and they say go down to the one theater that uh, is independent the, or, or the or the one theater that's got the 15 screens and uh, um, put one of the screens uh, uh, with the Return to Return to Newcomb High Volume 2. In fact, with Return to Newcomb High Volume 1 and Return to Return to Newcomb High Volume 2, uh, that's a quite a good event film. It's a two-part movie and... Uh, it's a terrific event. It'd be a great uh, thing for a movie theater to uh, bring in uh, a lot of young people to their uh, theater and uh, a lot of new customers probably who don't go to see the the uh, Doctor Strange uh, baby food movies. <laughs> <laughs> we actually do have a small uh, indie theater in town that sometimes pulls in movies that are a yeah. little unexpected. It and actually would be a bad Bur- idea And there's one in Burlington us. as well that does yep. really well, so yeah. We should maybe approach one of them. We have enough of a fan base in the state that yeah, we can I could probably uh, Very often, I can if I have enough notice, I can uh, come to the theater and then we can make it a bigger event. And 
get all the drugs. I mean, get all the uh, <laughs> the uh, Q and A and all that kind of stuff going. And uh, I'm off to London uh, in a couple of weeks because they're going to premiere a trauma movie. Uh, called Essex Space Bin, a movie made in England uh, by some extremely talented people. Uh, it's going to be the world premiere and set the Prince Charles Cinema, and uh, I'll be going there and um, doing a master class or Q&A or whatever, whatever they want me to do and to spend a couple of days uh, promoting uh, the movie. Uh, also, Tromeo and Juliet will be uh, shown uh, also. So um, the uh, the point is, uh, our fans make Troma look much bigger than we are because they're volunteering to finance the movies to some extent, but uh, they're basically making our films. I mean, the crew are all, even the the uh, the very talented technical crew who are um, making a lot of money on mainstream movies, they work for Troma for nothing almost. Uh, so just so they can be part of something that they can experiment with and take some chances and uh, not have to think constantly about, oh, is this going to work with the uh, tracking? Is the focus group going to like this? Is, you know, can we, right? You know how they do it. Out and it's, everything out there is done right. the way Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign was. Nothing <laughs> was done. None of it was done through uh, emotional uh, uh, um, souls or heart yeah. or. Connection uh, with real human or, beings, yeah. It was all about it was all, the, it was all uh, you know guided by uh, by research and by focus groups yep. and by statistics and and that's not the way to make art. We say no, no. let's make some art. Let's make some art. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> now, uh, speaking about Return to Newcomb High, Volume One, I've seen it and I love it. And I have to say, I marveled at how you captured the feel of '80s films will still like entirely blending in modern elements such as social media oversaturation, uh, gay rights. And I'm just curious, like, were there any challenges you encountered while working on uh, volume one and volume two, making a film that has to straddle the eighties and the current generation, like as seamlessly as you've ma managed to make this? Well, thanks for appreciating that. Um, I, 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 the, the, the biggest challenge is that we have very little money to make movies. Uh, the 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 two parts together, volume one and uh, return to return to Newcomb High, aka volume two, they cost about eight hundred thousand put together, which uh, uh, considering the thousands of people in the movie and the uh, the the extensive special effects and the costuming and the uh, uh, all of the various uh, opio no all of the various. Uh, <laughs> um, Mob scene. You know, we've got thousands of people in that. You know, and every, every uh, it, it, it's a very ambitious movie. Let's put it that way. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and um, so, if this movie were made in the conventional manner, uh, even by uh, the Sundance type of producer, it would be twelve to twenty million. And in our case, we made the two pieces for uh, well under a million. So uh, we're we're, we're uh, we are uh, fueled by our fans, fueled by fans, fueled by fans, and no bullshit primus, no primus fans. We got the good old, the good old um, um, green bicycles fans, and uh, the fans who don't use energy. No. That wasn't a good <laughs> metaphor. Sorry, bad metaphor. That's, so, that's fine. so is a lot of the cast of uh, Return to Newcomb High, Volume 1 and 2, uh, fans? Or did you actually have to do a round of casting for this? Well, we always go, we always have to go casting because um, uh, Samuel Jackson's not going to come back. Uh, he's in uh, 
his first movie is a trauma movie. Uh, you know, Kevin Costner is probably not too interested in doing a movie for us. He did uh, Sizzle Beach USA for uh, Eric Luzio back in the day. Uh, you can get James uh, Gunn to direct someday. Yeah, I don't think he's uh, going to be too interested in... Uh, I'm, I'm working on The Tempest now, our next movie. Uh, Shakespeare presents... The uh, uh, Shakespeare's Tempest presents Troma's Shitstorm. And uh, that's, <laughs> that's, awesome. that's what we're working on now. That's funny. I, somehow I don't think James Gunn or Eli Roth are going to be too interested. Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I was just, just going to mention them as well, yeah. Yeah, but um, they're very—they all love us, and they're all trying to uh, cheer us on from the sidelines. And uh, you know, they're all very, very busy. But uh, James uh, put me in uh, his movie, and uh, Trey and Matt mm -hmm. put me in a couple of theirs, and uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, very appreciate. I've seen a lot of the interviews that you've conducted with them, and also you know some of the little uh, you know bits and pieces you've done in their movie. As the I think the quote is occasional actor uh, that you are. Um, well, the thing is, trauma. Trauma is a place. It's it's not film school, but it's it's like film school where you um, where you get uh, you know educated, but you don't have to pay to go. And it's a company that that expects you to think for yourself and be creative and be assertive and be original and and uh, disrupt uh, whatever we're doing, so that we, Michael Hers and I, old bitter suicidal manic depressive men. Uh, we don't uh, get stuck in a rut. Uh, you, you younger people, are the ones who uh, keep things uh, spontaneous and make sure we don't uh, cop out. And that's uh, very, very important to have young people who really believe in what they're doing. And that's what it's all. That's what art is. You got to believe in it, otherwise it becomes a. It becomes baby food. Well, and I think there's a there's got to be an appreciation that's built when you work on you know these uh, you know micro budget uh, films that you can actually see and be proud of, and then all of a sudden when you start moving into the mainstream, uh, like the James Guns and the Matt and Trey, and all of a sudden you got budgets and budgets behind you, you know what you can do for quality creative content on a low budget. So hopefully that budget is going toward the right thing and actually you know producing. You know, uh, going into real creative content versus just ne you know necessarily kind of being frivolous just because they have the money and they think that's the way everything's made, they can actually utilize it you know appropriately and hopefully creatively. Well, also when they were working at uh, at Troma or with us, uh, they uh, got infused with a certain idealism about art and about uh, laying bare your soul and. Uh, and um the, the, you know when you're in your young 20s or early 30s uh, you're very impressionable so when you hear constantly uh, to thine own self be true as a maxim rather than uh, the bullshit that was being spouted at the golden globes about who has the biggest uh, um uh, diamond on their finger or who's wearing the craziest dress or uh, uh who who made uh, Hidden Fences, that was a good one. If, if the idiots can't even get the titles of the movies right. <laughs> hidden, hidden Fences, right? It's the, well, the best right? fences the, the, are the, the hidden stupid ones. woman. <laughs> they, it happened two or three of them said Hidden Fences. Yeah. They couldn't even read the teleprompter. <laughs> it, it, you know, they're just such uh, conformists. They're not such, even good uh, at being clones. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, ridiculous. Uh, but in any event, the point is that... Uh, that uh, the people who've come through trauma and who, anyone who spends a couple of years with us, 
they come out uh, as real artists. And no matter how much money they have or how many suits are telling them what to do and trying to uh, water down what they're uh, trying to make, the true artist will manipulate the uh, situation and will be able to uh, negotiate the corridors of power so that he, she, or it will come out with a movie that uh, is something to be proud of. And uh, there's no way in hell that James Gunn isn't going to make a good movie. Eli Roth is always going to make a good movie. Agreed. Trey Parker and Matt Stone are geniuses. I mean, I just yeah. can't believe the, the the magnitude of the satire that they have uh, created uh, in in uh, across theater, movies, uh, writings, uh, uh, and, and a lot of that. I think uh, they say uh, James Gunn uh, is always talking about how he channels me and trauma when he's making a movie and even though it's a 200 million dollar film he's uh, thinking uh, what would uncle lloyd do he made a speech he made a speech to the whole 5000 people that were in that scene uh, where i had 2 seconds of screen mm-hmm. time uh, but he made a speech to the people there uh, about me and uh, saying just that it's pretty cool let's go yeah and i i wanted to actually touch back to you know sticking with this you know mentality of uh you know the you know, non-Hollywood mechanisms for getting movies out. And I was thinking about today's landscape with streaming services and YouTube that we've talked about a little bit and kind of getting back to like how you really feel about the rise of such services and the internet in general um, affecting new creators and creator owned content. I mean, we kind of, you kind of did mention, you know, it's easier to to create the content, but at the same time, it's harder to get it distributed and actually make money. So how do you think overall that has uh, affected the creators specifically in this new generation of creators? Well, I think there's, uh, based on the the many young people who have uh, presented their movies to us for distribution, they understand they're not going to make money. They've learned that. They understand it. Most of them uh, uh, get it that, hey, we live in an age of, uh, of oligopoly, of cartelism, of elitism, we live in an age where uh, you've got uh, phony um, uh, news people, uh, news readers, um, and um, uh, they get it. And they're making movies for the love of making movies. So the movies that are on Troma Now, which is our streaming service, those movies are all come from the heart. They all come from the heart. None of them is uh, got uh, even one toe in the world of of uh, of money right none of them is uh, they're all one of a kind and they're all by uh, people who are true artists and uh, who and who have come to us because they want to be part of the trauma community part of the trauma family so trauma now uh, it's uh, it uh, and I'm I don't mean to be selling it but it is a uh, it's a great streaming service you can see everything during the first month for free so you don't even have to pay for it but the uh, it's I think four ninety nine a month, and uh, it's great. There's oh, there's always a couple of uh, at least a couple of world premiere movies, and then uh, about ten uh, movies that I curate from our uh, big uh, library of about a thousand movies, and we also have have short films uh, that are terrific, uh, and um, my make your own damn movie uh, tutorials. Uh, so um, that's a great. Uh, to me, it's terrific value. I really love it. The main thing about streaming is uh, you guys should be very careful. Uh, do not uh, cross streams because if you cross your streaming, 
you could end up in an alternate universe, or uh, <laughs> or Jeremiah could end up in the body of Scott, and uh, have a freaky Scott could Friday end up in situation. the body of Meryl Streep, and uh, oh. who knows. Oh dear! Never cross your streams. Never cross the streaming. <laughs> yeah, you learned that today from Uncle Lloydie. <laughs> and well, actually, where, where where can they find the uh, the streaming service that you're talking about? Is it uh, or, uh, just to um, you know promote a little bit of that? Because obviously, you know, people... oh, Troma now is uh, Troma the now. streaming service. Perfect. Uh, you go to uh, watch troma dot com or just Google Troma now. Watch troma dot com. It's on a platform called VHX. Uh, it's terrific. Uh, David Lynch or somebody told us about it, and uh, and um, uh, also uh, my daughter who uh, started Kit Split. By the way, you guys should know about Kit Split. Uh, it's a startup that uh, is becoming more uh, widespread. Um, it's the largest marketplace for renting uh, equipment, and it's like a B and B Kit Split. K I T S P L I T. KitSplit dot com. We're members. So if if uh, let's say you own a camera but you don't use it except uh, uh, occasionally, you can rent it to to me uh, for much less than what I would have to pay at a uh, rental house. That's very and cool. And KitSplit provides uh, insurance also. So it's like Airbnb, but it's for uh, film and video equipment. That's and, uh, brilliant. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, moving across the country. It's expanding. Uh, they're the biggest one now of uh, the, for. Uh, Equipment, the, the mar- biggest market for uh, uh, film equipment rental or whatever you want to call it, shared equipment, peer to peer, and they just bought the um, they're only the, the 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 last of the big competitors, so they're very efficient and uh, it's terrific. And again, it's a great community, and it's a dis- like trauma. It's a disruptor. It's a new a new thing where you don't have to pay uh, ridiculous amounts of money to rent a, a decent uh, camera for a weekend. No, that's uh, that's an amazing service, and it makes a, a brilliant amount of sense to do this for a lot of uh, filmmakers who don't have a lot of money and really want to create something. Yeah, you may want to interview. This, this... You may want to interview uh, one of the founders of that. My daughter is one of the founders, uh, but um, she grew up in a trauma household. But there's another founder who was just named. That there are two of them, I think. Um, two of the founders. Uh, the uh, the uh, other founder was just named by Forbes magazine as. Uh, one of the 30 under 30, which is a, a very prestigious list that Absolutely. Forbes magazine puts together. Uh, the guy from Blue Apron was on it uh, two years ago. And uh, Do you have Blue Apron in uh, Vermont? Uh, we can, yes. I've never used the service myself. Uh-huh. But anyway, that guy was uh, the guy who started Blue Apron, who happens to be uh, the food husband service? of that uh, is, yeah. my other daughter. Yeah, my, si- my sister is, uh, lives in Boston, and she uses Blue Apron um, regularly. So. Oh, well, my, uh, my uh, oldest daughter's uh, husband created Blue Apron. Wow. And then uh, the other, uh, my other daughter, middle one, is the one who created the Kit Split. You may want to have one of them on, uh, you know, one of those Kit Split, uh, either my daughter Lizbeth or um, Kristen, would be a great uh, interview because uh, they're working with a lot of independent filmmakers and they're pretty close to the uh, 
to the trenches. You know, it might be an interesting uh, interview. Absolutely. Yeah, after uh, after we wrap up here, let's talk for a moment and uh, get some info. Yeah, because that definitely goes with our, I mean, a lot of our audience, you know, we try to promote the DIY mentality, which is, you know, a great reason we're having you on other than the appreciation for the trauma stuff is just the DIY mentality, especially in the podcast world where that's what you do. You buy a couple of mics, you sit down, you, you figure out how it's done and you get it out and hopefully get some listeners and stuff. And um, cool. so any, anybody who's part of that community, we're absolutely uh, happy to, to, to chat with and see you know how how everything came to fruition so yeah hearst uh hearst uh, I mean, uh you know william randolph hearst uh so uh, the company that is hearst media uh are now uh one of the uh one of the investors in kit split so they're um, it's a it's a very interesting uh, but enough about that more about me now let's go <laughs> yeah. back to me yeah let's actually well the, the the funny thing is yeah we are going to go right back to you because before we hit back into hit into the 10 questions uh we just wanted to get a quick uh rundown of uh you know what's next for you and troma what's coming up well we're very excited about troma now as i told you at this that it's exploding uh, the fans love it because it's very hard to get you know concentrated truly independent movies that are going to uh, blow your mind and that are one-of-a-kind movies. And um, we are now um, organizing the script for The Tempest, as I mentioned. Uh, we're going back to Shakespeare. Um, and um, that's, uh, that's the big project for the time being, is uh, The Tempest. And obviously we have to uh, arrange distribution for... Uh, Return to Return to Newcomb High, aka Volume Two. Uh, it'll have a big New York and LA uh, opening, and then uh, we've got to get uh, all of the um, all of the uh, the other state, uh, you know, the rest of two or three hundred theaters that we can usually get. If I make a movie, if I direct a movie, we can get into about three hundred theaters. Uh, not all at the same time. Uh, you know, it has to be like a traveling show. So um, we need the fans to go out there and ask for a return to return to Nukemai. Go to the movie theater, talk to the managers, and because the, our fans want to see our movies on a big screen, we make our movies for the big screen. There's lots of detail. Uh, so many uh, independent, uh, low-budget movies are made with a, a one location and two or three characters, and we have thousands of people in our movies and and uh, twenty or thirty locations and. Uh, special effects and period pieces and period not just period pieces but period periods and um, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know animals and uh, mutants and uh, you know this it's a very very ambitious projects and uh, they look great on a big screen that's where you see all the detail you don't you miss so much uh, the movies that I direct uh, you miss so much when you see it on a small screen and I'm sure you'll agree with me that Return to Newcomb High is so much more fun to see with an audience, to have that community uh, experience in a beautifully uh, projected uh, movie theater. Yeah, any any movie in general is, and the lows especially are, are very community-driven, especially when you know you're going to be there with a bunch of other trauma fans versus, as you said, the baby food movies where people just go because they're supposed to. You know, that's the movie you're supposed to see or you'll be the outcast amongst your friends if you don't know what happened in the latest, you know, big-budget Marvel movie or something like that. So, or the um, politically correct. By the way, Samuel Jackson, whose first movie is a trauma movie called Def, D-E-F by Temptation, and it's a terrific. I think it might be our best film. Uh, I did not direct it, which is why it's uh, so good. <laughs> um, it's uh, his first film, but he and that, by the way, you can see a lot of our movies for free. 
uh, I didn't mention this, and maybe you don't know about this, but to thank our fans, uh, when we hit 40 years of uh, trauma, we put up uh, uh, pretty much our entire library on uh, YouTube for free, as well as uh, a lot of my tutorials and short films, yeah, and it's all free. Yeah. Trauma movies on YouTube. Trauma yeah. movies. Yeah, I'm a YouTube. subscriber myself. Yeah, yeah, I just actually noticed that uh, when uh, looking back to revisit some of these movies, when I was trying to find a streaming service uh, for Tromeo and Juliet, didn't expect to, and then I, I uncovered it on. Not only did I uncover it on YouTube, but there's a nice introduction by you, I believe, under that same refrigerator box. Under, uh, but in, it was in front of some. Uh, it was on a street corner somewhere instead. So oh yeah, to- that's when I was. Uh- uh, uh, I was using my lips like a woman. Uh, was, I do that during uh, Valentine, Valentine's uh, week, yes. Oh, okay, yeah, you, um, you moved down to the main street and used your lips like a woman. Very romantic. Yeah, I, give, <laughs> I give pleasure to people. It uh, helps us uh, keep pay the rent. Hey, uh, but good. Troma Movies on YouTube. Troma Movies on YouTube. Uh, the only problem there is they, they, uh, there are commercials. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, YouTube puts commercials in. But what the fuck? They're free and they yeah. and usually skip the commercials. Troma Now is four ninety nine a month, and those are world premiere and curated movies. So I, Tromeo and Juliet may be one of the curated movies on Troma Now, and then you wouldn't have to have any interruptions. Right. Uh, but the world premiere movies you cannot see anywhere. B.C. Butcher, uh, uh, you can't see that anywhere except for Troma Now. Eventually, the Troma Now movies come out on Troma Blu-rays. But that takes time because, uh, you know, we we have lots of extras and commentary tracks. And, you know, we take a lot of loving care when we make a Blu-ray or a DVD. You care about the fans. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, we've got, uh, you know, Primus, Primus, the band that oh, wrote Primus. the South yeah, Park. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a big fan of Primus, yes. They made a movie called uh, Electric Apricot. That sounds exactly and, like a Primus thing, that's for sure. <laughs> and we're uh, bringing it out. We're bringing it out on uh, Blu-ray um, uh, very soon. That's very like, cool. I'm a, I'm a huge Primus fan since I was a teenager, probably, actually preteen, I guess, probably 11, 12 years well, old. Well, it's going to be on uh, Troma Now. Uh, in fact, it, it's already on Troma Now. Go see it there. Uh, yeah, I'll tell And then uh, it'll come out on Blu-ray with all the extras and the interviewers and uh, um, you know all sorts of interesting people are in that film, too. Uh, Trey and Matter in it. Uh, oh, very cool. Um, the, the guys from The Grateful Dead, uh, the guy from uh, all sorts of interest. I love the I love the cameos you get for your films. When I was watching Return to Newcom High, I loved the uh, Stan Lee opening. Oh, good. Great. I I thought it was you at first. You, you're a guy. You both of you have a very similar cadence and voice. So I thought it was you narrating at first, and then when it panned back to him and he said Excelsior, I was like, holy crap! No way. <laughs> Well, I've known him for over 50 years, so I probably... And he's a huge... No question, the, 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 the Marvel Universe, when I was at Yale, uh, that's where I discovered it, uh, is a huge uh, influence on uh, the Troma Universe. Uh, ours is just uh, much more underground and uh, uh, much more um, graphic uh, regarding the sex and violence than is uh, Stan Lee's universe. Yeah. But he's a great guy. We've been buddies. We wrote uh, some... Uh, we wrote at least one script together and tried to get a few projects together, but uh, nothing ever worked out. But we're still very good buddies. And he will be appearing in uh, Volume 2. Nice. Uh, awesome. Uh, return to Return to Nukemai. It's also Lemmy Kilmeister's last uh, movie and Joe oh. Fleischaker's last movie and uh, could probably be Uncle Lloydie's last movie. I could die at any moment. I could, I'm could. i 71. I could. I could go any minute. 
Yeah, that's right. I, I do uh, recall. Yeah, Lemmy was. Uh, it's been in a couple of your flicks. So. Um, yeah, he's been in about ten of them. Yeah, and uh, he was the best. He was great. He yeah. was ter- as was Joe Fleischaker, our five hundred pound action hero. He was. He was. We, he was in our movies since the eighties. Lemmy's first trauma movie was uh, Tromeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah, that's actually what I, I remember that he had been in some. You think we should uh, should we use shitty CGI uh, bring him back for uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a hologram? The way, kind of, uh, yeah. Christopher, the way Christopher Lee is in uh, Rogue One. Do it. Just go. Go yeah. ahead. Give right. it a shot. What if I, I? I don't get it. What was I guess? Well, I Rogue One was the biggest, 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 biggest ever. But I guess it doesn't appeal to seventy-one-year-old. Uh, Yale-educated, uh, <laughs> low-budget, drunken, miserable filmmakers. <laughs> it definitely does open up a whole new world of movies. Like, just because an actor dies doesn't mean they're done making films. <laughs> That's, That's right. You, whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. You thought you were done I with it? I couldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would. I just, in good conscience, could not do. No, that, that seems like, like that I seems mean. like virtually spitting on somebody's grave. But that's just my take on that. Um, hey, that's a good title for a movie. Uh, <laughs> I spit on your grave. Hey, what? Eh, you, it'll never work. It'll, nah. never work. it'll never work. Nah, <laughs> it'll never get made and then remade. No, not at all. Yeah, no way. No way. Nah, yeah. Um, well, we're. Uh, I think actually we're about time. Uh, we're definitely not done with you yet, Lloyd. We actually want to uh, go into something a little even more abstract than what we've been talking about, which is where we d- jump into ten questions you may or may not have been asked before in an interview, but hopefully not. I'm going to take the yes, odd sir. numbers here. I'll we're take gonna, even. Yep. And uh, and really, what the way that we do these is, you can feel free to just go off the the rails and elaborate all you want, or you can make these quick little one-off yes or no kind of things. Not yes or no, but answer the question and zip right through them. It's all up to you. Um, be as loose as you want. My first one here what is your all-time favorite horror movie all right well as you may have noticed that uh cut off a little quick because we are uh we had such a great time talking with lloyd kaufman that we are splitting that into two parts um we are going to do the other part in the other section of the prime twin number 151 we are going to air the 10 questions part of the interview which is uh what you probably just heard it cut off at there. So uh, listen up to 151. We're gonna we're gonna listen to the rest of the Lloyd Kaufman interview then. Which I love because much like his latest film, we can do volume one and volume two. That's true. Return to return to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll work that out. We'll make it happen. That's, yeah. that's gonna be a show maybe, title maybe, of some maybe kind. Maybe even the name. Yeah. The name of instead of like the one with Lloyd Kaufman. Return to Lloyd Re- Kaufman. Yeah. Return to Lloyd Kaufman and then return to return to Lloyd Kaufman. That is gonna like kill that. my yeah. OCD though. <laughs> I, I will not handle that well internally that's all right yeah there's a certain care. level of order and structure i need in my life before i just go bat shit and like take out people from a bell tower <laughs> that's fine as long as we get the the rest of the lloyd kaufman interview out of the way I'm dude this town has a lot of bell towers too yeah yeah that's true yeah we got the church tower that's a good one they're all bell towers to me <laughs> and all you Faceless drones with target symbols. All right, so well, uh, well, Scott's going on his uh, <laughs> sociopathic rampage in his mind. Uh, I think, right? We want to talk a little we, bit about. We, we're going to talk about our Patreon yeah, one more time. Right, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, what we're going to do here is there's a little bit of show left. Yep. Um, we didn't think we would need content, so we didn't generate any. We didn't write any stories this week. So what we're going to do is we're going to leave you with a sample of. I'm assuming our first. Yeah, I, I would say po- the, possibly the very our first lost. Possibly our second. Let's let's leave For people this with one, this one. Let's let's play the uh, little clip of the first lost and found. Okay. And then next week we'll find out if we want to let people. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe a clip of the one. second. Yeah, but but. but Regardless, that's also two weeks from now, yeah, so we can nope, also write stories. But regardless, uh, 
let's definitely play you with the start of the new thing that we have here, the beginning of a Lost and Found episode for a few minutes, and you yep. can enjoy it. And if you like it, uh, hit, head over to Patreon. And regardless, you're always going to get our regular podcast shows, no matter what, every week. But this is something extra we're hoping to provide people and, uh, you know, give us a few bucks to pay all our bills. and. Get yeah, this isn't money to, to, to get us, to get Jer morning iced coffees and, and me yeah. sniper bullets. <laughs> this Which we've is, actually painted that picture now. Yeah. That's, that's who we are. Yeah. No, this, Old this, sniper bullet Scott. No, it's Old not. Old morning coffee JJ. It's not free to uh, put the show up. It costs It costs a small amount of money. We're not going to disclose yeah. that in, in, initially, but um, it definitely costs web hosting fees, uh, uh, podcasting hosting fees, yep. hard drives for storing the show, uh, travel expenses for doing yep. cons. Some cloud, cloud expenses. Cloud also, expenses. we would really like to. And also, the thing is, though, that's just to keep it as it is. We would like to. We would like to do show. more. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got some new equipment in mind that would be awesome to have. Uh, I think we could do more with YouTube and some. Uh, I definitely want to get into YouTube and, and stuff. In, in yeah. fact, I'm thinking this uh, 149 and 150, 151 might be thrown up on YouTube as an experiment back to back to back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it depends on how much free time I have. Honestly, uh, it may go up with a still image of our shows, like. Not logo, but the the episode image. Me with my uh, it my might hands. go up yeah. with uh, images that change as it goes. Like yeah. if I actually had enough time, I could plop in like every time he says Meryl Streep, boom. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He said a lot of colorful things too. I mean, we can't. Roll. Has, it could be really he, fun to pick yes, through that interview absolutely. and be like bap 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 with images. Yep. It, it would be a YouTube and I'm sure visual he would, feast, and, and he would absolutely appreciate it. I'm sure. So, but um, the problem is that takes time. That takes effort, yep. and time is money. Um, honestly, if we're we're going to be putting a lot of work into this, there definitely needs to be a little bit coming back at us to to give not only incentive but to pay for our time and for supplies and usage. Yep. And, um, Honestly, I, I feel like our prices are fair. We have some higher, uh, higher like tiers, if you will, with Patreon. Oh, in case you want to go nuts and want to be a producer on the show or, or yep. get us to make a uh, an ad for you, being a sponsor is not a bad one. Actually, if you're a listener, uh, for fifty three dollars a month, uh, we are willing to create an ad for you and run it weekly on our yep. show. And, and you can run that ad on your own show all you want. Yeah, but the ad will be open yeah. source, where you can just take it and run yep. with it Absolutely. on your own yep. too. So you're basically paying for a professional ad that will not only run on our show, but for anywhere else on the internet that you like to put it. Uh, it's actually a fair price considering what we've gotten paid from past sponsors. It was yep. uh, something that we deliberated over a little bit. Um, well, because we, we'd like yeah. to help out like listeners of our show who might want some exposure who can afford it. Like, Because we are, as you've listened to probably with uh, uh, Lloyd Kaufman's interview, we're very DIY-centric. We don't care about the money so much as making sure that people have like the means to make their creative voice heard. And we want to help that out. Uh, but we also want to uh, help our own creative voice be heard as well with a few bucks here and there. So, Yep, and uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know. That's There's it. more details I, I, yeah. that we could give, no, no, but I, I think I, let's, let's peter I, it I out over the weeks. Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and, and just play a little bit of uh, episode one of Lost and Found and let people decide if they like it enough and uh, enjoy. This is uh, Bruce Bruce and Scott. Again, I'm not going to be available for most of these for, for January, but Bruce, Bruce, and Scott were able to get some episodes together and enjoy what they have to talk about New Zealand and Australia. Sounds good. Later, guys. Get lost. When your favorite podcast's over and another's a week away, 
And you need some extra content when you can't wait another day We got you covered, we got what you want We got to slip through the cracks of the cracks And lots and lots of other things we don't know We don't know what we're doing even though it's our show Bruce, Bruce, the Goo Goo, and Movie Talks and Interviews Laser cast and all the things that you could ever need or add We'll find ourselves, we thought we lost and lose the stuff We know we love and use some awful words like Fuck, shit, dig, and Welcome to Lost and Found. Hello, everybody. It's nice to uh, chat with y'all again. And I just want to let you know that uh, I'm here for for a little while, I guess. Uh, I was actually coming in originally to to do a little couple of recording things for uh, episode 150, which is going to be great, by the way. And I just want to let you know that uh, I'm here with uh, just Scott this time around. Hey! Um, And uh, that's uh, me. Yeah. But, uh, and, and. and I, I, I gotta say, I was brought here a little bit under false pre- pretenses. Uh, I was, I thought I was gonna just come on here and talk like movie reviews and things like that. Uh, but apparently things have changed a little bit, and you guys have a whole new arena going on with uh, Lost and Found. Is apparently yeah, what I'm that's part our, of. that's our new. Uh, I thought this was just part of a, like a regular podcast thing. It is a regular podcast. But okay, it, it's, right, it's yeah. a it's a Patreon podcast, meaning the average listener won't be able to find this on uh, Stitcher. Remember, iTunes. If, if you do recall from what I've I've talked about in the past, uh, it takes three to six months for us to get anything over in Australia. So I have no idea what you're talking about the Patreon. Uh, Patreon's been around long enough where I'm pretty sure in Australia it, it is there. You just have to look for it. Uh, I don't look for um, it very if, much on, on, on the internets these days. Well, I was going to say, and to our Australian and New Zealand listeners, yes. we, we welcome you aboard if you're interested in what we're talking about. Um, the, the whole gist of the show, apparently, uh, we, we formed this around the idea that I want to take a trip to New Zealand. Oh, yes. Yeah, you, you, I have heard you mention that, and I've tried to see you clear it. Numerous times, actually. Which is the the sole reason why you're here this week. Here's to the thing, talk and, yeah, and, and here's the thing: is I'm going to give you this here. Uh, it's beautiful, and by that I mean beautifully ugly, and it's fucking terrible. I mean, literally, it is. Uh, last I knew, you're not even going to take a second to go to Australia. You're literally going straight to New Zealand. I am ignoring yeah. Australia almost on purpose. Well, that's why you're here. I mean, if you can sway me, my tickets are not bought. I've been researching prices. I've been on. I've been looking at JetBlue, Princess Cruise. Have you checked? Prin- I, I, Princess I've Cruise? looked into the Princess Cruise. The last one, uh, they they had a little bit of an issue and they they crashed. So a they, lot of princesses died. <laughs> is that, that that's not what a Princess Cruise is? Oh, I, I, I every time I go on one, I'm very very drunk. So, just call everyone princess because you don't remember their names. I don't know. I just know that's a actually of, a very easy way to deal with someone. It's 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 slightly gender it's, it's, specific. It, well, it's, it's why I call like uh, like every time I see a guy, I'm like, hey man, how you doing? Hi, hey buddy, hey. Well, I hey you were, tiger. I thought you were to say hey prince. No, I go hey tiger, hey koala, stuff like that. Okay. Hey kangaroo, I'm a little buddy. Yeah. So um, so, I, I use Australia words because that's where <laughs> I'm from. Exactly. Not from it, New Zealand, where they'd say hey hey uh, Peter Jackson fit fuck. <laughs> hey other Peter Jackson. Hey Hobbit. Why are you going there? That's precisely the reason why I have you on. Do you, do you is... want to start out with why you want to go there? Well, because I'm curious, really. Yeah, I mean, I've watched a lot of movies from. Stupid. Uh, well, from Peter Jackson, I guess specifically. Because... Oh, really? You see the one where he eats all those cheeseburgers? Oh, that's just <laughs> called his life. That's what it is. Fat <laughs> yeah. piece of shit. No, but I, I like. I like. Uh... Oh, you see that one where you rape that girl? N- no. What? Uh, he raped a girl? He? Oh, he did. You heard it here first, folks. Well, lost, it, lost and found. 
Peter Jackson write the girl. Oh my god, I can't believe it. I don't, I don't, I don't believe you. I really don't. Cause I can't I've believe ne- I, I found I, out I, here first. I've Peter never Jackson seen this in the news. Rapist. I've never seen this in the news. Now one, oh my god. Well, yeah, of course not. It never made media on state. So side. you're talking? You're saying it's a cover up? It's a conspiracy. No, I'm saying it was never reported. Ladies and gentlemen, here on Lost and Found, Lost and Found, we we've got a, a, a breaking news story. Scott Bear literally says Peter Jackson raped a girl. In the in the New Zealand government is covering it up, and you want to go there? I I didn't say that, and, and yes, I do want to go there. I've heard Still, lots of even good after things. The, even after the big Peter Jackson scandal, <laughs> it's it's not a scandal if you can't find it anywhere but here. <laughs> well, or it's the exclusive. You could also call it that. <laughs> no, it's because like a lot of things in New Zealand are fun. Like you know, oh, you, you can walk around on grass, or you can go over to that grass and walk <laughs> around on that grass. Oh, that's where a hobbit was once. Good. Oh, yeah. Yes. You almost are literally right. Like, I, I want to go see movie sets, first of all. Like, I really want to visit movie sets. Oh, you mean, sets. I don't know, like uh, Crocodile Dindy, Prince, uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, uh, Wolf Creek. Oh, wait a minute. Those are all in Australia. <laughs> Those are all good movies, too. And I do I, I do appreciate Australia. Now, you want to go to the Lord of the Rings set? No, not necessarily. I mean, I do want to go to Hobbiton. Come on. It stands. The the Hobbit village of Hobbiton stands. It's there. You can walk around in it. You can go in it. Oh, you can crouch around in it. You, you can crawl around in it, yeah. depending on how tall oh, you are. Yeah, yeah. Here, oh, oh, here, here's here's a pit. Here's a here's a cave. Want to get on your knees and walk around in a cave? That's worth thousands of dollars, isn't it? I mean, there's there's more. Oh, oh this where Peter Jackson raped that girl. <laughs> in the Hobbit cave, right on it. Oh yeah, she was a Hobbit girl. Uh, okay, so you're That's saying where came P- up Peter with the Jackson the- raped a midget? That's where he came up with the idea for The Hobbit. That's why he wrote it. He raped a girl in a cave and... Oh. And he says, oh, I've got an idea. I'm going to write this movie. <laughs> he raped a midget in a cave and that's what The Hobbit Oh, yeah. From? He's like, you're my muse. <laughs> oh, shit, she's dead. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe you haven't heard of this. Oh, no. Usually we're the ones getting slow on the uptake on the news, but you haven't even heard about that. No, New Zealand oh, has geez, like a Louise. rich film history. It really, really does. All right, well, fill me in on that then. Um, uh, the, the Fastest Indian. Ah, yes, yes, yes. The, Anthony Hopkins. That racist movie about the, uh, the, the Indian. That's what I thought too until I actually researched it. Anthony Hopkins, fresh off Westworld. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's fresh off Westworld. And he made this movie like twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, fresh off with. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it. He, he goes, oh, uh, uh, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd eat her kidney with some fava beans. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, actually, that's what got me. Was I thought it was a racist movie too until I oh, found out that is. Indians are a type of bike. They are Mo- they, motorcycle. A motorcycle. Yeah, they, they were. Uh, they, they don't exist anymore. They were purchased by a, a larger company. Yeah, you're uh, you're uh, my my co-host. I almost said your co-host, but uh, Jer actually said that the other day when we were talking about this show. Um, said that they were possibly purchased by Harley, but I haven't done the research to find out whether or not. But uh, yeah, it was I don't about, know that much about them. But, but the yeah. movie, uh, the fastest Indian, is about a uh, a motorcycle uh, racer. It's, it's, it's a it's, who, a, it's a motorcycle. Uh, is the fastest on earth, and he's a New Zealander. And so. we know we all know that's way better than Mad Max. Um. <sighs> I love Mad Max, too. You know, selling me an Australian cinema and TV is easy. I love it. But I also love New Zealand, which is why I want to go there first. Yeah, there's that spot where he bashed your head against the rock. Oh, Peter Jackson, you classic, you. Now, there might... Still on the whole Peter Jackson rape thing, by the way. Can we we maybe maybe find a bit of even ground here where we can agree on something? Okay, sure sure thing. Flight of the Concords. 
like, love, or hate. Here's, here's the beauty of it. I love them. But here's one thing that he's not very well known. I'm going to give you another exclusive. I've known those, go- those blokes for a long time. Okay. They're, not, they're not from New Zealand. Where them, they- them and Reese Darby are actually from Australia. Really? No, I just made that up. Okay. I was going to say, I, I feel I, like that's highly fraudulent no, information. No, but, but I do know that they like, do. We should not be reporting things that are completely false. No, I, I made that one up completely. Um, still, like Peter Jackson thinking of The Hobbit. Wait, you said we came up with the idea of Peter Jackson thinking of The Hobbit from raping a midget in a cave when it was actually written by Tolkien? <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I'm sorry. I guess I was mistaken. J.R. Tolkien came up with the idea while raping a midget.